Hello, and welcome to Conversations Between Widows. I am one of the co-hosts, Tanya Wilson. And I'm your other co-host, LaSharma Jefferson. And we're bringing you weekly conversations about our widow journey. Our purpose is to provide our listeners with a window seat into how two young women who became widows too soon are navigating life after their loss. Our goal is to provide another support system to other widows on the same journey to help them feel less alone. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and shake your head profusely in agreement to what Tanya and I and our guests are talking about. So come on in and enjoy the conversation. Hey, Tanya. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I was looking for the sun today, but I guess it's going to be a little cloudy today. Yeah. And the rain. Did you hear the rain last night or this morning? Girl, I thought somebody was coming in. <laughs> you know what I did? I don't, not, not necessarily a big boom, but I did hear something. And I was like, yeah. oh. I feel like sometimes I'll be close to the sky. So I was like, uh-uh. what is going on? And it just was pouring down rain. But, you know, it's been a very hot summer. And I'm not complaining. I love the weather this summer. You know what's funny to me? Because my um, ex-boo told mm-hmm. me, he was saying, like, before the summer got started, he was like, we're going to have a hot summer. And I was thinking, how do you know we're going to have a hot summer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I'm like, and I'd be like, well, he sure was right about it. We've been having, we've been up in the 90s pretty constantly. Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad either because today is really bumming me out because I went on a bike ride when I got home yesterday. Okay. And, um, I was planning on doing that today. You know, I thought about doing it this morning because um, I went on this bike ride a couple weeks ago with um, our city. They have a, it's a neighborhood um, group bike ride that they do on Thursdays. And mm-hmm. so I had been wanting to do this since last year, but I had to stop having excuses for not going. And then unfortunately this year, because I work at the library, I sometimes work on Thursday evenings to where I don't get off until six o'clock. So that was a legitimate excuse. But what I did find the time that I did manage to go, that's because I planned ahead and I had my bike in the car and a change of clothes mm-hmm. for after work and I was able to do it. But um, but my point is, when I went to the bike ride for the first time, one of the uh, guys that was riding kind of told me that if I don't normally ride my bike for long distances like they do as a part of the group ride, he mm-hmm. suggested that I ride my bike throughout the week maybe like three to four miles um, when I, whenever I ride it, like just to try to build my longevity up. Right. So yesterday, that's what I did. I rode, um, I think I got to four miles and that was oh, maybe okay. about, about 30, almost about 35 minutes maybe. So I was hoping to kind of do it again today, but the rain, I was like, Ugh. I, I lose my enthusiasm when it's not sunny and at least warm outside. It's not bad temperature-wise, but the dreariness out there is kind of making me want to stay in. 
Mm, yes. And that's how I'm looking at it. Like, ooh, outside ain't looking um too too right. But I'm a, um I don't know, because I need to definitely practice walking um for the upcoming New York trip. Oh <laughs> yeah, I should. I need to start packing, tell you the truth. Yeah, but I'm having a little sciatic pain, so I think I'm gonna have to bring my biofreeze, my C B D, five hundred milligrams and little Tylenol just in case but I feel like I'm okay I think what happens is my nerve one of the moves in yoga irritates that nerve and every time it irritates it it takes days because I feel like I can walk for a while Mm -hmm. but if it's longer than a few hours you know longer than two or three hours that leg started looking like "Mm, we could use a seat right now you know what I'm saying (laughs) like she started twitching like she was was like like, have a seat girl have yeah, a seat, have girlfriend. A seat. Yeah, have a seat. So, but I'm I'm praying that the Lord, just like He did when I had to do that fact that five uh, K, mm-hmm. here here and leave all that pain during that week. Well, mm-hmm. yes, hopefully I know because you scaring me with all this medication you talking about bringing. I'm like, yeah. whoa, am I gonna leave? I might have to bring my arsenal. Oh well, girl, I have enough. Did you just use mine? <laughs> yes, that ask you say you got aspartame. No, I got um, <laughs> I got BioFreeze. Oh, BioFreeze. Okay. Um, what's it called? The CBD five hundred, which it works wonders because when I put that on, I go to sleep, and um, I have a Tylenol muscle pain, but it's only the sciatic nerve that gives me, you know, a little trouble. And then I gotta stop being accident prone in the house. Yesterday, I bumped my ankle. I said, "What the?" I was like, oh my God, this is just my house. But I just gotta look at it, like take myself and stop being so clumsy. <laughs> so oh. my little ankle was hurting last night. I had to put some I put some ice on it. She she brand new today. She like, yes, I just need a little bit. Just a little uh, bit. Uh, you're gonna have to start walking around your house with pads on. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to walk around here with little football pads because uh TT over here is accident prone. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need a life alert. Well, shoot, I think we living alone or, you know, halfway alone when you got young kids. Mm-hmm. It, it might not. It might be. Yeah, not I might have to look. Idea. Wait a minute. Well, I'm over here looking up uh, Apple uh, HomePods, like another Bluetooth stereo. I need to put in Life Alert. Life Alert. <laughs> and I need some because I tell you, my son, he, he likes, you know, he's upstairs. I'm downstairs. Mm-hmm. So if anything was happening to me, he can't hear, you know, like if I was choking or something, it was like mm-hmm. I was eating some grapes a couple weeks ago, and you know, when you bite down into a grape, mm-hmm. that juice just pops, it's like it pops right down your throat, and uh, that's at least that what was happening to me, and I'd be like, shoot, I gotta be careful eating these grapes before it go down the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Like, I don't want eating grapes to take me out, you know? Lord, she was taken out by... Eating grapes, trying to be health-minded. Eat some ice cream, you don't have that problem. Trying to eat some grapes, you gotta worry about juice going down your throat the wrong way. Yes, yes, yes. So, they even got... Wait a minute, they got a life alert in the shower, girl. Hold on. Mm. So, help, I'm falling, I can't get up. Our shower help button protects you in the shower. See, 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 see. Yeah, because you know they say that's where many accidents happen. Ooh, getting about that shower. It's funny. I have a um, what do you call it? The little 
mat that goes at the bottom of your tub. Mm -hmm. I didn't used to have one of those in my house. Um, But then when my daughter was staying with me um, at the start of the pandemic and she was pregnant, I got one for her. But now that um, once they moved and stuff, I was using it for a while, but I didn't buy one that was like aesthetically pleasing. Mm. I just bought something, you know, for the sake of having it. So because I didn't like how it looked, I had stopped using it. <laughs> but then I started noticing sometimes when I would get in the bath and in the shower mm-hmm. where it was like kind of slippery, where I had to like keep my footing like get in there carefully so now i'm like you know what i probably should get one of these mats just to have one you know to make sure i don't get in here and slip one day because i think sometimes my son might go in there and shower mm-hmm. and like you know using that conditioner washing his hair and stuff that might be what causes it to get slippery in there yeah you don't want to slip in the tub. no 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 yeah, put the little mat in there. That, that's something for me to think about, too. Gonna have me a little life alert button and a, a mat. I know, but we never would have thought we'd be talking about life alerts at uh, 42.: <laughs> <laughs> We thought that was kind of for way down the line, because you notice when they show the life alert commercials, mm-hmm. there's it's always very senior people, you know, like probably over 65. Yeah. We need to not age discriminate. This can happen at any age. Now. Anytime. That's right. They better start, listen, doing some inclusion. Yeah. Have some yeah. age inclusion in here. Anybody can slip and fall. Yeah. Especially now. Like you said, there's a whole lot of product using and stuff. <laughs> Just one product left and you know, got to take it out by the whole shower. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. So today's episode is one that I believe we talked about in the past, but like grief, everything makes full circle sometimes. And it's always something we always have to, you know, kind of go back to and try to combat because that is part of the grieving state. That's the part, you know, the, when the loneliness sets in and it gets in your mind and... Mm-hmm. <laughs> You start thinking all kinds of stuff or you always wonder if, you know, will I ever be happy? Mm, Will I get through this grief? You know, what am I doing to get through this? How am I? Am I progressing like I think I should be progressing? Like stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a recurring question. Um, yeah, it, I feel like we went over it uh, a few times, but it always comes up because I think it's like maybe seasonal. <laughs> maybe that's maybe a seasonal thing that triggers it. It could be a bit that triggers it. Well, right, because I know for me, um, I'm kind of I've been there over the last um I would say the last several months. Um, and you know, yours been, was off a, was it like a, a, a situation? It's, it was the relationship. It was kind of the, you know, getting into another relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, probably, and that was also my first like committed relationship uh, since my husband passed. Okay. And I, I was having, I was getting triggered a lot throughout the mayor, uh, throughout the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, even though there were some good things um, in there that kept me there, 
I also recognize something about my personality. And um, that's something that I, I want to do some work on. Um, it's almost like when I commit, I commit. And I know we've talked about how when we talked about dating, mm-hmm. how we, it's important when you were a wife, a, a, a marriage relationship is supposed to be, it is different from, you know, your dating relationships when you're getting to know each other to see how far you want to take this. And so Mm -hmm. I've had to keep reminding myself in this relationship that like, okay, this is not marriage. This is not for better or for worse, you know, for rich or for poor. When you are dating, that's the time that you're supposed to be able to let go, you know, and say, Mm -hmm. okay, it's not working for me anymore, or I'm not happy with this anymore. And I'm not saying you should be, you know, cavalier, like, oh, okay, this is over. You don't have to do that. Because when you do care for people, you want it to work out. But it's only so far you should have to go with that, you Mm -hmm. know, because you guys are not committed to each other to the level of a husband and a wife, you know, husband and wife, when your husband start, you know, doing something that you don't particularly care for, and it may not make you happy, you're not supposed to leave your husband. You took vows for better or for worse. Right. We don't take vows with, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends, you know, so when something is not serving you, mm-hmm. you're supposed to leave. And I'm going to tell you, I actually have that. I took that line out of Faith Jenkins' book, Uh, One of the, I think it was one of the affirmations that she mentioned in the book. So I put that in my phone as one of my reminders. So, Mm. because I struggle with that, because when I care about somebody and I like somebody in terms, especially, you know, with men, Mm -hmm. I tend to focus on the things I like about them and what I don't like or what isn't making me happy. You know, I'll push it. I'll say, okay, okay, I'll. I'll focus on what I do like. But the things that I don't like that were making me unhappy, they eventually always resurface. So I put that reminder on my phone that I do not hold on to things that don't um, serve me. And so even though I was continuing in the relationship, knowing that I was really unhappy about some pretty major things, Um, I would still get that reminder and I would always see it and it would always like touch a nerve within me like, okay, you're still holding on. And that's Mm -hmm. what I've pretty much done in a lot of relationships um, that I had been in that really was not serving me. But because I liked the person, cared about the person, wanted to be in a relationship, I was holding on to it for the good parts. But, you know, ignoring the stuff that I didn't like, you know, so now that I did finally find the courage, you know, to walk away, I have to deal with myself. And why do I hold on to these things? Why do I hold on? Because even with my late husband, Mm -hmm. you know, when we were together, I knew early on it was nothing in that relationship as we went forward in our marriage. Nothing was new to me. It was like everything that I was dealing with with him, I knew about it before we had gotten married. (laughs) But because I was so excited by him, uh, he was probably the first man that I felt like he accepted me like completely. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, at the time I was starting to wear my hair natural. 
So he was like the first man that wasn't all hung up on that. Oh, I like your hair straightened or don't cut your hair. He was that man to say, girl, wear your hair how you want to. You're beautiful any way that you wear your hair. He gave, he Mm -hmm. helped me to build that kind of confidence in myself. You know, whether I got locks, whether I got short hair, whether I got long hair, Mm -hmm. that's not what makes me beautiful. That's not what makes me, you know, sexy to whoever finds me sexy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I, he helped me in that area. And then we just had that chemistry, but he had a lot of other personal things that were going on with him, you know, like dealing with addictions. Like he had an addictive personality. Um, he was not good with money. That's a major thing for me. <laughs> I need somebody that's good with money. And I think that I learned that with him because my ex-husband, he didn't have a problem with money like that. But with my, with the late husband, that was something that he was dealing with. And I knew it before we got married. But for some reason, I was still in that mindset of, but we love each other. Mm-hmm. I love him. And, you know, my love for him and his love for me that he said he had, that will carry us through. But mm-hmm. as we know, through me, no, it takes more than love. You have to have compatibility you know, you you got to have those core things that are uh, like you got. I have to stop being in relationships with people that actually have things that I should normally consider a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. You know, so now not being in this relationship anymore, I'm kind of dealing with my feelings with, OK, I got to start being different, you know, because I want happiness. You know, I don't want um, to keep dealing with stuff that I shouldn't deal with. Like, I don't deal with cheating. My late husband was not a cheater. That was also a very big plus because my ex-husband before him was, Mm -hmm. he was a person that was unfaithful. So I was very attracted to the fact that my late husband wasn't out running the street. He wasn't a, a womanizer. I never got that feeling for him. But that's also why I think it's important when you end a relationship, you have to take some time away before you get into another one because whatever you didn't like about the previous person if you get some with somebody else and they have the opposite qualities it's going to make them seem even more you know like grander in your eyes like oh he's not mm-hmm. like that you it's too easy to compare what you just got through dealing with mm. you know so i think for me my struggle right now is going to be don't jump into you know looking for somebody else. Like I, I'm, I'm staying away from dating sites and stuff like that. I'm oh, not it sounds calling. like you're going on a drought. <laughs> the drought that Tanya has taken. Remember, I told you I, I had to I take know. one. Yeah, uh, but you, but do you understand why I took? I took it for self discovery of myself first, and being okay because, like you said, these breakups, people gonna come and go. So when you're in a relationship, sometimes it doesn't, like you said, doesn't work out. And then you realize the things that you like, the things you don't like, and the things that are non-negotiable. You know what I'm saying? That's where, you know, I know Faith mentioned that. You have your non-negotiables. Yeah. And you kind of walked into knowing now, this is what I'm not going to negotiate on. So that let me go ahead and get out of this relationship because this is a not, you know, this might be a non-negotiable or this is a non-negotiable for me. Um, But at the same time, in the discovery, 
you do get lonely. I, I, I still experience like, man, I wish I had, but I'm liking this part of not doing the date insights because I think if I was doing the date insights and turning 40 in the same year, I've been, been messed. Already, my anxiety already on 10. I've been a mess. Okay. So taking this time out to realize what your negotiables are. And then it always feels so good when you like somebody. Ooh, when they, that, when they, hands over heels, like you said, I love how you described that he didn't really care about your hair like that. That's how old was. He wasn't, it wasn't a day where he was like, go curl your head. Like, no, it was never, <laughs> I never experienced that. How he wanted is how he get. We both were people that wore, natural sometimes i straightened it he actually probably preferred braids because you know when you get your hair straightened you Girl, really can't right, you participate <laughs> can't participate in those actual curricular activities but right, when i had like, braids he sweat my hair out whoa ooh, he would he would light up or if the hair is natural he like oh yeah you know he don't have to worry about her um sweating out her hair and stuff like that um so there was things like that. Um, now that I wear braids predominantly right now, uh, a lot more than I did then, he probably, I wonder if he sits in heaven like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> she all natural now and she was this um, pressing curl and I had to wait three or four days before I could even get, you know, get some. But anyway, uh-uh. <laughs> I say that to say that, you know, it's good because men, some men, and see, then I had to also learn sometimes they don't like themselves because a guy will tell you about yourself in a minute. But yeah. if you tell them about themselves, they catch your attitude. Why are you trying to fix somebody? That That's the mindset. And if you run across people that do that or they'd be like, oh, why won't you, you know, you look nice if you straighten your hair. Because I had a, I dated a guy that said, oh, you know, he didn't say it to me. He said it to one of my friends. And she's um, a mixed race, okay? So she has a little looser curl than mm-hmm. your um, 4C. So her curls are looser, but she wore it like that all the time. So she'll go natural. And then every now and then she would straighten it. I liked her with her little four curl curls. I thought that was so cute and it was unique. It was her. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I remember one time he told her, he said, oh, I like your hair like this, straightened. I was like... And I, I don't know why I got offended because he didn't say it to me, but he gave he said it to her. And I saw her face too, looking like because she's already multi, you know, multi-race. So she's like, Are you saying that because it makes me look more white? <laughs> or are you saying this because I'm being, you know, so you have to be careful. Guys have to really be careful. If I give you any tip, any guys listening, do not comment on a woman's hair. That's the best advice I could give you. Yeah. Or, or my thing it, is because like we if it ain't po- if it's not going to be positive, or you could say, "I love your hair," period. Don't right, not elaborate. Not, I like that. Like, don't have like if your hair, yes. hair is cute today. Compliment the hair today. Yes, 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 yeah. And because that you know you don't want to feel like that. Some guys do. Oh, I like when you do this, or you should do. Oh, can you do this for me and stuff like that? Like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm you like, should like I'm so over that. You know, like now I love like the way I wear my hair. I really be wanting people to. My goal is for a man to accept me the way I am. I really don't like yeah. it when a man like I meet him when I'm really dressed up. You know, like when I have makeup on. You know, mm-hmm. when I'm wearing something form fitting and sexy, all that. Because I feel like that's not the me. That's not me every day. That's me when I'm going out for certain occasions. Mm-hmm. I would like when I meet somebody in an authentic situation, 
like I'm dressed right now. I have mm-hmm. on a tank top. I have on some jogging pants, like pulled up, you know, to my knees. Very mm-hmm. casual. I would like somebody to see me how they're going to more than likely see me on a daily basis right. than see me when I'm all glammed up. Because yeah. glammed up is not something that I do <laughs> anywhere close to a regular basis. You know, I like my natural beauty. I don't have to put eyeliner on. And I'm so glad. That's one of the beautiful things about getting older is when you just start recognizing, you know, what true beauty is. I couldn't Mm -hmm. imagine being that woman that got to sit up there and do the whole thing every day. You know how some women, oh, I don't leave the house without all of this going on. Mm -hmm. Because it actually, even if you have skin like people will talk about you know they have bad skin they want to cover up blemishes and things like that but it's the difference between covering up blemishes it don't take all that extra heaviness that a lot of people do you know Mm -hmm. they do the whole thickening up their eyebrows and just the whole look it's like if you look like a totally different person you know from when you wake up to when you walk out the house that's like a bit <laughs> extreme. That's my husband call him a transformer. He's a woman be like an eight, then they take the makeup off and it drop down to a two. Like yeah, I don't yeah, think like, it shouldn't be that way. But I can makeup is to enhance the beauty, and I wonder. I think a lot of people, you know, wear makeup because they like it. You know, there is a art to it now. There is the thickening of the brows. There's the ombre of the brows. There is even the. Uh, there's a brow that you kind of tattoo. It has a name for it. Ombre, I think, does the tattooing as well. But microblading, I think it's called, um, of the brow where you, you know, you can make the brow look fuller because, you know, a lot of people did have to throw, um, draw them in. Um, I do like a brow arch. I think mm-hmm. a good brow arch always, you know, complements a face. But I get it. You know, you get up there, you get thin. There's things you want to do. But I also get what you're saying. I want you to love me for me. And I think right now, from what I can see, and I could be wrong, is that some people do go off of sight and not off of what's in the heart. You know what I'm saying? That was something, I don't know if you caught where I had posted on Young Black and Widow about Megan, uh, not Megan, why are you trying to make her Megan? Lauren London. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Lauren London's um, interview with Angie Martinez, and she mentioned on there, because they, you know, she asked Lauren about dating. She said, I experienced pure, you know, pure love. And she explained what pure love is. She said, now, I'm not walking around here saying me and Nipsey had the best, you know, our relationship was, you know, it had no flaws. She said, we had all kinds of flaws, because she said, I let ego uh, rule at one point. Ego, where you going? What you doing? I got to be up under you all the time. But when there's pure love, she said, there's a sense of peace. And she said, now for me to go back and go through that, she said, it's a lot of people out here that date with ego and, you know, and not with pure love. And, you know, she just talks about the difference between the two. And I was like, ego and pure love. And then I thought about it as I looked at one of my situations. And I was like, I, I wonder this, I wonder that. And then I was like, then I had that Lauren moment. I was like, that's the ego talking. I don't yeah. want to be like that. I want to be able to be free. I don't mm. want to be wondering where you at. I don't want to be looking at no phones. I don't want to be. And I want to love I don't want to, like you said, I don't want to feel like, I want to feel your love for me. I don't want to guess it. Yep. And that's a, um, and Facebook, I'm going to tell you, Facebook, 
Yes. I'm probably going to listen to that book all the time. I'm glad I got it on um all on Audible so that I could always listen to it. But um talking about that ego, girl, mm-hmm. I realized for myself, I have a lot of ego in my relationships. And honestly, mm-hmm. when I think of, I really want to go, I really want to get a really good therapist because the last time I truly remember being happy in a relationship where it everything just seemed effortless was when I was, it was after I divorced my first husband and I reconciled with a boyfriend that I had in high school. That boyfriend that I had in high school was the person that I thought, you know, that I was going to marry. I thought we were just that perfect together. It's mm-hmm. like, he liked things, even though we had different personalities at that time, I would say he was definitely more of the extrovert in the relationship. Yeah, I was right, more right, of so a true right. introvert, but we just like doing things together. It's like, I like movies. We had the standing thing. When a new movie came out, we were going out like that upcoming Friday. No question about it. You know, mm-hmm. it just, it just wasn't all of the, oh, the, the, all the junk that has been in my other relationships. So that's the last time I felt happy. And because he broke my heart when we actually broke up mm-hmm. and I never could understand because we didn't have this really bad breakup. It just, something happened where it just, we just broke up. We were actually engaged to be married. And I think that he was having some, he was doubting some things then it made me feel like, okay, if you're downing something, I'm not yeah. going to be engaged. I'm not going to be planning a wedding because I really feared that he might be that person that would like call off a wedding the day before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. You know, so we broke up. <laughs> but yes, you don't want to do that. I, yeah, I, I was I, not. No, I'm like, you ain't having me like that. <laughs> yes, yeah. I have heard stories about, you know, people, and I feel like that's a hurt that's. Uh, you know, I don't think you can ever, you can bounce back, of course, because anything is, you know, subject to bounce back, but it's kind of like it always looms over you because you're at your vulnerable state when you're at your wedding day and you don't need nobody up here talking about, so yeah, I changed my mind. That's, just, that's an embarrassment on a whole nother level, not just because the breakup happens, but then you mm-hmm. got all these other people are involved. But here's what I wanted to, I wanted to drive this point home for what my issue is. When we talk about ego and mm-hmm. um, we, a lot of people come into relationships guarded, fearful, don't want to be hurt. That has been me. And so I know that I have loved again, but mm. I have never loved like I loved then, back then. It was like, now when I love, because I've been hurt and don't want to be hurt, I've kind of second-guessed some things, like where I might want to do something really nice for the person, you know, that I'm in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the ego comes in. But will he do that for you? Or is <laughs> this too much? Is he going to appreciate this? <laughs> yes. All these kind of questions, you know, come in mind. But when you're in a relationship, you shouldn't think like that. Like, if you want to do something for your boo, you should do it. It shouldn't matter what he did for you last or how he's going to think about it. Because sometimes it's that fear of, will he think I'm too into this? You know what I'm saying? Like, will he mm-hmm. take this gesture as, oh, he got me. <laughs> and I haven't wanted anybody to think that they just had me so much 
that I would never leave or I'm just going to take anything. But at the end of the day, when you're in a relationship, you're going to be hurt anyway. Because mm-hmm. hurt is a part of it, no matter how much you're trying to guard yourself or keep it from happening. Hurt, pain is a part of life. It's a part of love, you know, and um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's uh, I got tongue ton tied there. It's his own act of love. You are right. You know, pain that is happening. Something, sometimes somebody will disappoint you, you know what I'm saying but I, I like how you said you like the the ego and I had to think about it because I was like Lord I never looked at it like that and she was like yeah you let ego, ego tells you those things and then because you're acting on ego you act out and like she said I'm not here to act on ego she said I've been loved again she said if I change my mind I was keep in mind Lauren 37 <laughs> she said if I change my mind at 50 I said she just skipped all over the 40s right <laughs> Laura said, don't come for me, okay? I, I ain't even ready in 40. Don't even come looking for me. She's like 50, 60, or 70. She said, maybe. But she was like, I know what pure love is. You know what I'm saying? I experienced yeah. that. And like you said, I think it's what you were saying. When it's effortlessly somebody doing something for you, you never have to guess. And I think it's key in relationships going forward it's like just telling them how you feel. Like, I really like that you did that for me today. Like, you know, at the beginning of my relationship with, um, oh, it was a little effortlessly. Now, I did get a little um, strained because it was like my ego kind of guided from past experiences. Oh, mm-hmm. he didn't call me today. What's going on? And then he was like, look, you know, we about to break up. You up here, you know, doing all right. that. Like stressing me. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, I told you I'm not. And that's another thing, too. When a guy is not in a good spot, you know what I'm saying? And that's, you know, when they're not in a good spot, sometimes they're not the best, you know, in the best relationship. That's the, that's with anybody. If they're not in a good headspace or a good spot. Yeah. And, and you try to make it to work. recognize and, that, too. Like, yeah. if this is not a time for you to be in a relationship, then don't be in one. Because you can't yeah. come into it my money not right, but then you want the person to be so understanding. You know, you don't want to start a relationship like that. Right. And so, and then things happen because we know how it is when it's good. It's when it gets difficult. (laughs) A person is great when it's good. Difficult times require, it it really brings out a lot of ego. So as I'm going alone in this drought, you know what I'm saying? I a real girl, yes, I would call it with this. I know. I hate I hate that word though. Okay. (laughs) Sabbatical. I like that. Yeah. In my sabbatical, I'm learning to not be ego. And the one time when an ego has to show up, then it's not for me. And I'm not trying to cut them off, but it's kind of like I should never have to guess. And then another thing, don't compare. Oh, I didn't. I I tried my darndest never to compare anybody to my husband because I don't think nobody could ever be Othello. You know what I'm saying? That was one of a kind. He actually liked the thing. You know, we didn't like the same thing. We were actually opposites and stuff, mm-hmm. but we we fit. You know what I'm saying? So that to me, that's a rare case. You know, that's not something that can always happen twice in a lifetime. If it does, good. If it doesn't, it's okay. As long as you experienced it once. Uh, but. I, I try to go into other relationships, but I might say, yeah, that might be what he did. You know, like, oh, he my late husband did that, or he he did, he wanted to do these things, but I would never point out physically they that 
I just ain't found somebody like him because I'm not going to find anybody like him. You know, right. Our, that person is not going to give me that spark like he did. I'm not going to find nobody like he did. You know, that's right. And then you got to believe that you are the rare case. Yeah. And I wanted to go back to when I was talking about the when you're holding back yeah. in situations and how I was doing it. The men do it. I'm sure you know, men do it as well. They hold mm-hmm. back, right? And yeah, I did. I, when I was when I was talking to my um the ex, you know, when I was <laughs> ending our relationships, that was one of the things I let him know that I also felt from him. Because he doesn't talk a lot about his um his past. Like he was married one time, but he really hadn't had any serious long-term relationships since then, mm-hmm. which is actually questionable. was like, really? Not one serious relationship since your mm-hmm. ex-wife? You know, but um I felt like he was holding back as well, you know, because when men hurt, sometimes when they get hurt, they never recover. Because I'm going to tell you, even my ex-husband, he really needs some therapy because he has such bitterness and resentment about me. Like from when I broke his heart, because I was my I was my ex-husband's first love, like his first real girlfriend. And I think it's something about that first (laughs) that, you know, affects you like no other relationship. Mm -hmm. But because I ended our marriage. And then on top of that, reconcile with my ex-boyfriend, that really messed him up. And like from there, honestly, from my from that experience, and then from some other bad experience that he had later on down the line, he has like the worst attitude when it comes to women. And so, and I I know this because he talks to my daughter <laughs> and says certain things to her. And it's like every time he talks about women is always in a very derogatory way yet and still he can have a girlfriend how do you have a girlfriend and you have all this bitterness and resentment towards women black women in particular so what what are you giving how are you treating this woman that you Mm -hmm. are with and you feel like this you know so we have to recognize when if you're still holding on to pain and hurt from a prior relationship you gotta work it out (laughs) and Mm -hmm. that and that's scary to me because i'm thinking i have never each of my my two marriages i would still think about that ex-boyfriend even though i was in committed relationships Mm -hmm. i would all when i wasn't happy in the relationship i was in my mind would always go back to that like why can't i be that kind of happy again and i really think i i did something in my mindset where I told myself I'm not going to have that kind of happiness again. And I haven't. (laughs) So I need to find a way to retrain my -hmm. brain to say, you can have that kind of happiness. You got to be open to it. But I also have to let go of being hurt. Like Faith talk about it in the book a lot. You know, you're going to be hurt, but you got to take that hurt and recognize it as the mm-hmm. opportunity that it is. You know what I mean? Like if the guy decides, if he's not committing to you, this guy that you think is great, if he's not committing to you, don't try to force it. Yeah. <laughs> like let him go and make yourself available to a man who does want to commit to you. 
Yeah. You know, so it's it's some hard work, you know, to be done. And until I until I can get me a good therapist, because my last therapist, I was doing a lot of releasing and talking to her, but she really wasn't helping me. She we weren't going back and getting into the root of these things, you know. But um, until then, you know, I'm going to keep encouraging myself with, you know, books like, you know, the Faith Jenkins book and mm-hmm. journaling and being honest with myself about some things. But I think in order to be happy again, the first thing we have to remember and know and believe is that it will come, that we can be happy again, you know, but we can't keep focusing on I'm not going to be happy. Well, you know what I'm saying? We have to believe it can happen before it can even begin to happen. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I'm on. Like I said, the, the self-discovery. And stop thinking it's me. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing. Faith said, it, it's, sometimes mm-hmm. it ain't got nothing to do with you. You know what I'm saying? Stop thinking it's me and all that. Like I said, and just hear the signs. Well, so you you know when somebody's not ready, you can hear it all in their voice and stuff. But then yeah. don't make yourself always available. Oh, but the other thing, now you said you you recognize them in the voice. The mm-hmm. other big indicator is the actions. Oh yeah, you know because you know they can say a lot of things. They know exactly what to say, when mm-hmm. to say it. But like they say it. <laughs> If the actions are not matching the words, that is your answer. Because a lot of us women, we want to catch them red-handed. And we think right. that they're saying, matter of fact, we've talked about uh, one of my girlfriends who has been going back and forth with the guy that she got involved with over a year ago. Mm-hmm. He's gone through times of like totally ignoring her phone calls. And, you know, and she would just be so upset by this, but she would continue to be involved with him. Right. Mm -hmm. Why? Just a few days ago, she said she finally decided to go through his phone, something that she wished that she had would never do. Mm -hmm. Did it. Then she winds up seeing the proof of his not being available to her, you know, that he's talking to other girls. But here's my thing. What I kept always thinking you know he has to be involved with other people because mm-hmm. a man that you're involved with is not about to just disappear for a couple of days. <laughs> you don't hear from him. You don't see him. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's what we do as women. We want these men so bad. We want whatever they give us that makes us feel even that little bit of love or that importance that we feel that we need it from them. Mm-hmm. We won't leave it until we see something in print even though it's like right in front of our faces with their behavior. Yeah, sometimes you, know? you don't. You know, sometimes you don't need the uh, proof. You know, you you already know the proof. Um, I get it. You want to hear it. Sometimes see it, but you already. Yeah, because we be do- we doubt ourselves as we tell mm-hmm. ourselves. Well, maybe that's not really what's going on. Because if you try to talk to them, they'll go and try to make you feel like you're insecure. You need to work on your insecurities, and then of course, sometimes <laughs> we are, so listen, Sometimes <laughs> we do have insecurities, so yeah. we might fall for that and be like, "Okay, and I, well, I maybe would, it's just me." And I would rename the insecurities more so, kind of part of the ego too. You know that what got you to that ego is something that helped that happened to you that was of a trip, you know, 
kind of like a changing moment. So now your defense is up. And because your defense is up, that's where your ego starts to form. And I think her going through the phone, by the time you go through the phone, you should already be You already know. Just because you you have to, right, because it's like if you have to, if you're even thinking about that you Mm got to check behind this person, that means it's already something that's not right in your spirit about them, you know? So we need to be okay with letting it go just because, you know what, I'm just not feeling right about this. So let's just go our separate ways. It's hard to do, you know, and I don't Mm -hmm. believe in judging women. So never, you know, have I made her feel like, you know, she's stupid for dealing with this because I'm like, I'm dealing with my own stuff and I make mistakes staying stuff too long. I know that we don't leave until we're really ready to leave, you know? So I feel like my job as a friend is to support her through it. You know, and that's what if she needed to see the proof, she needed to. Now the next step is if she needs to. Yeah, I just hope that she actually, you know, say, "Okay, this is what this is. I'm done." I hope that that happens, but I also know how women can be. Mm -hmm. You know, know, and sometimes change the course when he calls. Oh, you're not available. That's what I told her. I said, "You." I said, "This is this is your time to ghost him." Because I did mm-hmm. tell her, I said, whatever you do, I said, do not tell him <laughs> what you saw in his phone. Yes. I said, just let that be your own, you know, your Personal. secret. You know it. <laughs> right. And I'm like, let that guide how I, you deal I with him. I am not a fan of going through the phone, but once you find the evidence, let's put it this way. Once you find the evidence, you give the game is now in your court. That's the right. Ball, I said, the start. ball is now in your court. So you can actually do what you want to do with it. Telling him the truth, yeah, he it'll get flipped. It, uh, a master manipulator's okay. uh, mindset <laughs> will flip the script on you. That's what that's what they're gonna do. Once they know, it, it, it doesn't matter if he talks to five girls, slept with seven, and about to take two more out. Because you went to the phone, you're the you 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 you're about to get it. Okay, you're about to about to get the verbal lashing. So that's the you know that's the result of going through the phone. However, if you give them a taste of their medicine, I'm just saying, you sleep easy at night, <laughs> and they be looking at I be the found me. So instead of her saying, "Oh, I'm gonna talk to her," or "What I'm gonna do," she should have went ahead and reactivated her dating site. Just like that. My profile reactivated and yeah, be out oh. here single. Because and technically I, you are, because you know, if he's talking to other girls, now he's amongst the community. And, and I'll tell you another thing. Too. I'll tell you another thing she said prior to that. Before she went through the phone, her previous message to me said she hasn't found anyone that makes her want to stop talking to this guy. And when she said that. Now that she's found the messages, I don't know if I'm going to address that. But my thought was, why do we have to find somebody else? You know, and I think she probably suffers from the same thing that I suffer from. And a lot of women do mm-hmm. that not wanting to be alone. And like, because you don't want to not have anybody, you will deal with this person who may be mistreating you or like in my case, mm-hmm. just not satisfying the needs that I have that are that are important to me you know Mm -hmm. um so 
I hate that she feels that way because yeah. like, I would say like for her, I'm thinking, but see, all of us have our different breaking points. Now, one thing that I hadn't dealt with was like somebody really mistreating me, like that whole ignoring me, like, like I don't think I could have went through that. But I've yeah, dealt with that's other things in relationships. That's the ghost method. Uh, it hurts. I, I was ghosted early on uh, in a relationship. Uh, sometimes people don't get back to you or, you know, what became a priority before is a slower priority now. You know, that you're not always prioritized. It might be a day or two. Oh, yeah, I saw that thing type of message. It hurts. It really does. Um, so the only thing I could tell her, because I know she loves the feeling, somebody can always put on the show. It's the soap. <laughs> it's young and the wrestlers out here sometimes. They have put on the whole show, but who they truly are is in the time where you just sitting there minding your business, just a random day. You get that text message, hey, I was just thinking of you. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, we should be doing something. You know what I'm saying? That's when you really know if somebody really is into you. And like one of the guys that was into me, but I wasn't into him, he had told me once, he said, when a guy wants you, you never have to guess. Never have to and, guess. And that, that's the thing. Just keep that in mind. That's the mindset I would get. You know, that's what I would tell her. We all been there. What she's doing and how she feels and sticking to it, I have. I, I haven't even been in relationships. I have stuck to friendship, you know what I'm saying, or just acquaintances just because I love that feeling because I haven't had that feeling. But as I've been on my sabbatical leave and things have, you know, transpired and stuff, I can tell you firsthand, I know my worth. And all it takes is a couple of words, your demeanor, you know what I'm saying? For me to shut off. Now, would I would they ever know? No, it ain't for them to know. They, That's ne- right. they never know why they got cut. I am not in the they ain't gonna take the time to tell me why I'm cut. Why am I gonna take the time to tell them why they cut? Right. Because they don't want the explanation anyway. Because really yeah. when you give the explanation, that sets them up to go to explaining, you know, yes. and if they're trying to keep you, then that's where the manipulation can come in. Yeah. So you just have well. to, you just have to, like you said, be comfortable in yourself uh, and know that you deserve more, so deserve better, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's okay. I ask myself every day, every now, well, not, well the last couple of days, but every day, you know, Laura, is this it? You know, sometimes it, sometimes you do. Is this it? Am I not, you know, cut out for the dating? Or, and then I tell myself, okay, Lord, I'm listening because I'm in this period by myself for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm supposed to get out of it. It's something that's supposed to occur. And then you have to rediscover and start to love yourself because that was something I told you that psychic told me. <laughs> She was like, why are you so hard on yourself? I said, what you mean? She said, you're very hard on yourself and you don't like yourself. I said, well, I think I like myself. She was like, uh-uh, because when somebody hurts you, you should be okay with them leaving. They don't need to stay. No. And it don't have to be, it doesn't have to be a big hurt or they cheated on me or something. It could just be a phrase or a word. Yeah, that just hurt your feelings. It, it's not you being super sensitive. It's just that that hurts, and when yeah. it hurts, it hurts, and it's hard to get back over there. 
But yeah. baby, when you friend zone a guy, let me tell you, guys can friend zone you and take you out the friend zone. A woman out the friend zone with no problem. We we willing to negotiate. But when a girl friend zone you, that's the hammer. Bam, mm. the door is shut. So when Tanya friends on you, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it is a hard, you would never crack open the door. Uh-oh. The block coming. Yeah, block. Yeah, I don't even have to block you. Hey, yo, how are you? Good, good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's good. How was you saying? He's good. You know, I had one guy call me after years, and I mean, he, it took him two hours and a half to break my shell. Cause I was like, "Oh, really?" Hmm. <laughs> the whole conversation. You're giving them dryness. The the dry drought when when you're done with somebody. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But you know, but what I also think um, our widows need to to understand in this, or mm-hmm. I want them to really grasp from this about will I ever, you know, be happy again, is that. You know, you're on another journey, you know, in yes. life and you're going to make mistakes. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing is going to be perfect. Dating wasn't perfect before you got married. It's not going to be perfect after this fact, you know, that your husband has passed and you want companionship again. Mm-hmm. And this is just something we have to be open to the imperfection. But Continue to give yourself grace. So when mm-hmm. you make mistakes and say, oh, man, I shouldn't have did that, you know, don't be too hard on yourself because you're human. You know, sometimes we do things just because, you know, we want something in that moment, you know, but when we realize, OK, this isn't what I want, get back up and just move forward. We have to stop because I think we are harder on ourselves, you know, yes. than than even God is. You know, when we ask for forgiveness from God, they say, um, like, he forgets. When you ask for sincere forgiveness, he's not holding that, that sin against mm-hmm. you. He's looking at you like, just like he creates a new morning the next day. It's a fresh start. That's how we have to be with ourselves, too. You know, when we do something that we're not proud of or you disappointed, oh, I can't believe, you know, I dated him, I gave him my number or mm-hmm. I slept with him, you know, it's like, you know what, I'm done with that. I'm going to forgive myself and mm-hmm. move forward and keep working on being the best you that you can be. And I know mm-hmm. I get fixated sometimes. I get irritated that I'm just now coming to this awareness like at yes. 46 i'm feeling like dog yeah, i wish i had the... realized this stuff like early on because i struggled i mean even before you know i had got remarried to my uh, ex-husband i got to remarrying him because i was trying to date and i was just it was just not working out and i got really discouraged in that dating situation and mm-hmm. that led me to make another bad decision remarrying my ex-husband somebody who I knew I didn't want to be with (laughs) and honestly if he hadn't been mistreating me that second time I think pretty sure I probably wouldn't been I would have been divorcing him eventually myself because I know I would have come to a point where I would have been like why did you do this this is not what you really want you know so I still would have been divorced a second time from him you know, mm. so I think about that a lot when I recognize because, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, man, where did 10 years go? Mm-hmm. I'm 46 years old. 
you know, and sometimes I feel like I'm still, I'm still that same 20 something year old girl trying to figure stuff out, trying to accept herself, trying to grow, trying to be a better person and still, you know, pursuing my other, you know, other goals, you know, so mm-hmm. this is the journey of life. You know, nobody said we always would look at it's our always, parents and we, uh, listen, we thought our parents had to figure it out just yeah. because they were adults. Now, when we become adults, we recognize, no, they didn't have it figured out. They were mm-hmm. still trying to figure it out on their own or for themselves, but they're just mm-hmm. raising children along the way. You know, so you're yeah. never going to come to a point where, you know what, mm-hmm. I got it all together. You're always going to be an explorer in life. You're always exploring what you, you know, what, what's what's the next thing to happen. You're always learning. Everything is an experience. Like you said, forgive yourself. It's okay. I'm forgiving mine. Shoot. You make some sacrifice. My thing is, I go back and be like, Tanya, you know you were better than that. Why you even do that? You was better than that. Yeah, so that that's the journey. That's the message for today. Mm-hmm. You know, keep learning, you know, to love yourself. And definitely don't do like me. I wrote my list, right, of non-negotiables in relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's in, the, it's in my journal. So I didn't continue to, like, refresh myself and look at that. I honestly think what I'm going to do now, I'm going to make my non-negotiables yet another reminder on my phone so that I can receive it. Maybe I'll make it a weekly reminder instead of a daily reminder. But I need to keep that stuff in the forefront of my head because sometimes because we we like love and we like feeling important to people, when you meet that nice that person and they have these other qualities that you really like, because sometimes it takes a minute before the non-negotiables surface in mm-hmm. a relation when you're, you know, dating someone, you know, but it's very easy to be so caught up in what is good. And you forget like, oh, wait, I forgot. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to date somebody that let's say they um, they might smoke cigars or something. Maybe that's one of your non-negotiables or mm-hmm. they smoke weed. Sometimes if you're dating somebody, you might not know that. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, like, you know, if you don't live with them, if they don't talk about it, that could be something that they do and they haven't disclosed to you, you know, for a couple of months. But when you find out, oh, you smoke weed. Or, of course, you can, you do have to ask the questions, too. But people can be dishonest when you go through that fact-finding <laughs> in the beginning. Yeah. You know, but it's like when you That's find... That's another and, thing, too. People are not... not they don't always tell the, the truth. I know yeah. that I can be yeah. truthful, uh, but I might not divulge everything, where some people don't even give you the whole... <laughs> they won't even give you the whole truth. They just, you know... And sometimes you have to just... I don't know. That's something to look at, too, because if you could lie and we're not even in a relationship, you know, you lied at this beginning part. What else would you do? You know what I'm saying? That's a that's a sign there, too. Like, be comfort, comfortable and be confident in you. You yeah. are your authentic self. Yeah, and but I think this right life. here, we'll probably rehash this topic uh, for sure, when we uh, go back to doing our dating and cocktails, yeah, I think yes. we're gonna have to do a lot of, uh, we're gonna have to do a lot of talking about, um, you know, just deciphering truth, you know, from mm-hmm. um, from lies and just helping people through that, you know, when we're dishonest about things. I mean, because sometimes you can be dishonest. Well, 
I have been dishonest. Yeah, yeah, we all, yeah. Some people yeah. are uh, dishonest, you know. But here's my thing, though. But what about, because I know even like with the guy that I was dating, right? Mm-hmm. And when we asked each other, you know, about what we had going on, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't tell him what I had going on. Mm-hmm. But I also felt that because I felt I would be judged. And so I didn't want him to judge me by what I was currently engaged in at the time. But I don't think I would ever tell him. But I bet if I did, I mean, he probably would feel like, well, why you didn't tell me that? Mm-hmm. So everybody, you know, I think particularly as a woman, especially when it comes to intimate things, mm-hmm. you know, we are, we have to be a little bit more guarded because like men can be out there doing all kinds of things. But for some reason, when they get with a woman, <laughs> they be thinking we're supposed to be these Mother Teresas out here. And I'm yeah. like, no, we're, I'm not Mother Teresa. Or they, Teresa. Are, uh, they automatically think negative. That's right, you thing. know, like, oh, they wait, not, you did that? They even might though, not think it sounds like that, but they can automatically, they can automatically think negative of a woman. And a woman can feel that. Like, oh, wow, you, you really think that of women. Um, and it's not the, you know, that's not the case. And like you said, it, it's just a whole lot. But that's why so we're going to have dating and cocktails back. <laughs> right. That's why I bring that up. Like, yeah, we're going to have to talk about this a lot more um, mm-hmm. on our dating and cocktails show. Absolutely. Yeah. But this has been a good episode. I'm glad we it talked had. about this today. Yeah. It unpacked a lot of stuff. So yeah. a lot of things and, um, I'm, you know, to approaching um, the sabbatical. I love yeah. that sabbatical word so much better. That's, that's, that's what drought? I feel like. Yes. I don't know because I feel like the word drought, it makes me think about like, um, like in certain, when it doesn't rain mm-hmm. and like that's not something that you can control, right? So no, I that's feel like how... drought is more so when you can't control the fact that you're not getting this thing that you need. Whereas a sabbatical, that's something more intentional. It's like, no, I'm going on a sabbatical. So if Mm -hmm. I'm choosing not to date or engage with men on an intimate level right now, that's, I'm intending to do that. Right. So that's how the sabbatical comes across to me. So I like that. Well, the drought, I mean, it still had its own meaning when you say you can't control because that's how life is. Sometimes you can't control it. There's no control in life. Well, no it's sometimes. the intention. It's the intention that I'm, yeah. I'm speaking of. Yeah. 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 But yeah, drop but, sabbatical. I like sabbatical. So yeah, we so do sabbatical. Well, until next time. Until next time. Bye. Bye.